Hey, what's up, guys? This is Cordell. You're listening to Steeler Nation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to your Steeler Nation vidcast, part of the Big Play Vidcast Network and sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, and check out mybookie.ag to double your deposit up to a grand. So if you put in your first initial deposit a grand, you'll get two grand in your accounts. That's what doubling means. Use promo code STEELERNATION, all caps, all one word, to get your doubled up deposit from mybookie.ag. Good luck and healthy betting there, Steeler Nation. And guys, let's quickly go over the injury situation here from the last game. Fortunately, we got a little bit of a mini buy, but we do have our second starter that looks like they're going to have an injury problem. And we've only lost the one starter on the year so far being TJ Watt. Hopefully we're going to be back in a few weeks, but we definitely look like we're probably going to be without Witherspoon for this weekend. Um, He came up with a hamstring injury. He limped off pretty uh, severely grabbing his leg, the backside of his leg as he went off the field in the last game. I do not anticipate him playing at all this week. If he does, it's a big surprise. It would be great, but we got to expect Wallace and Pierre to be able to come in and fill that role for Witherspoon. Uh, Fitzpatrick was in concussion protocol. He practiced fully today. Turns out if he practices fully tomorrow, he will clear protocol. He will be good to go. Fingers crossed, but I am anticipating he will be a player in, in their starting on Sunday against the Jets. Um, everybody else is good. We had a little bit of a roster change. Uh, other than bringing back uh, Jordan Berry, my, one of my favorite kickers to the roster. Um, we got him back on the practice squad because it looked like uh, Pre- Presley Harvin the third is dealing with a little tweak, but he practiced fully today. Um, if he's still fine tomorrow, um, you know, we'll probably keep him on the, the practice squad maybe through this week and see where Presley Harvin's health is after this game. Uh, Delonte Scott was the move this week. We just got rid of him. He was the outside linebacker. We called him up from the practice squad for two straight weeks. And what that means under NFL rules, if we called him up a third time, he'd have to be rostered. So the Steelers went, well, look, we already poached uh, Tennessee's rosters. We brought in Anine uh, from their practice squad, the uh, University of Houston player. Looks like he's up to speed anyway. He'll be playing. He'll be getting a hat uh, this weekend. Delonte Scott is off the roster. Do not see the Steelers picking him up at all this year because if they did and they activated him he'd have to be on the roster then from that point forward so good luck in NA and hopefully you can do some good for us because you were looking really good in the preseason this year getting three sacks forcing two fumbles um so the biggest change on the depth chart we did have a change today in the depth chart I'm sorry ladies and gentlemen it was not the quarterback <laughs> that we were all trying. We were all starting to yell, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. But no, today it was Montrevis Adams. And it was a good move. And this is an important move too. Alex Kazora did the metrics, even though it's it's a limited sample size, only three games into the season. When uh, Tyson Alualu was on the field for running plays, they averaged 5.6, I think, against us. When Montrevis Adams was on the field for running plays. They averaged less than three yards of carry. It's two and change. So really interesting uh, change up there. Obviously, it looks like Tyson Alualu has never has not fully recovered from that injury. Father Time's kick, catching up with this 35-year-old. 
it may be time to hang up the cleats, but he can still help us out in limited capacity, shorter snaps. He's a smart player. He's a savvy vet. Um, and maybe he still needs to do a little bit more recovery to go along to make him a more positive based player. But we are all excited to have Montrevis Adams. He actually admitted today that he did not know the playbook at all last year when he joined the team, but uh, Cam Hayward was a big help in getting him up to speed. So good luck to him for being part of our new up and coming defensive to try to stop the run. We got to try to stop the run. We can't stop the run. What's going on, Steeler Nation? Let me know. Michael Hall of Fame. How you doing, Michael? We are live. Go striker. Woo. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Uh, Michael Hall following up. TJ should come back at least week seven or eight. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. Maybe earlier. That was the crazy thing. They were calling it a six-week injury, the way this type of um, of injury heals. It was high. It was a light sprain. Uh, and it happened two weeks before the first game because it happened in our last preseason game. Everybody got the bye week for Memorial, uh, Labor Day before entering the, the football season. And we got a shot. He's got a shot of coming back after he is eligible, after four weeks. So it could be as early as week five. It could be as early as Monday. Monday is the earliest we can get any of our players back that were put, that were rostered and put on injured reserves. So we're talking about Austin. We're talking about Watt. So those players have the chance to return here on Monday at the earliest, because after the Jets game, that is four games in the bucket and they can come on back. Robert Timburo, how are you doing, my friend? Good seeing you, Striker. Sucks all my predictions about nose tackle weakness and continued weak run D is 100% showing itself true. Yes, and you've been you've been calling it. We've been talking about it. We were excited to get Tyson Alualu back. Turns out he's not doing well, so now we have to see what Montrevis Adams can do. There are still player options, I believe, in free agency. Is Post still free agent? Um, I'm not sure if he even locked down to a team yet, but um. There are some options, and I have to ask you. I've got a personal question for you, Robert. Um, did are you happen to be from Montana? I've got a screenshot here. Uh, where's my damn screenshots? Going to my library. Uh, screenshots. Boop, 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 boop. There we go. Uh, I saw a, a Robert uh, asking a question. A Robert McSorley from Big Timber, Montana. Just checking out if you're the same guy because that sounds like the name can kind of fit into that because uh, I enjoyed reading your question and stuff. And I read up on Bob uh, Labriola's uh, Q and A's as well. They're a lot of fun. It's a good piece. Um, Claude Bishop, welcome to the show. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Claude. Welcome. This is your show, Steeler Nation. Your questions, your comments. You're going to get my live perspective. So if you got something for me, you go ahead and ask. Robert, if I was talking nose tackle and left tackle before and during and ever since the draft, then how are Omar and Mike T not competent for not seeing and addressing the problem during the offseason or preseason? I think they thought that they had it addressed with Tyson and Adams. Now we'll have to see if Adams can pull the load. And we still have a guy on the practice squad too that was our nose tackle in in uh, in uh, preseason. But let's see if we can get Poe. Let's see if we can pull something else's. And... Moore did a hell of a job against Miles. Defensive player of the year should be defensive player of the year. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, drinking that eerie water. Um, yeah. He's not going to be defensive player of the year, but. <laughs> but Moore held him down well and held him down before his Porsche accident. 
which now like that was like shades of Kellen Winslow Jr. Uh, wrecking his motorcycle in the parking lot over there at the uh, Cleveland Browns practice facility. Uh, fortunately, he didn't he didn't um, seriously injure himself or his passenger because accidents like that are usually you're losing control. Um, you lose control either because the car's too powerful for your driving ability, road conditions are unsafe, and you're driving a little too fast or it's a little too slick for you. Or number three, you're under the influence. Don't know what the the aspect was, but he did roll it. Uh, fortunately, he and his passenger are okay, but it does not look like he is practicing this week. I don't think he will be playing in this week's game, but it harkens back to those times, like and even Big Ben getting in his accident. When the lady made a Pittsburgh left in front of him and wrecked his motorcycle, and he bounced his dome off the uh, the the roof of that car, and quite frankly, might have changed his. He might have been even better if he never did that. He might have been even better, and the team might have been even better. But we'll have to see. He had all the swagger, felt invincible until that moment. But that is what happened, at least on that one. So that's what we have to see. And uh, here we go, Michael Hall. Week six is a Sunday night game at Miami. Should T.J. Watt return then? That would be an awesome game for T.J. Watt to return to. I would love to see T.J. go after Tua. I want Tua to be healthy. I love watching Tua, too. He, the guy can play. Heck, he came back from behind in a game that I thought was salted and done in the win column for the Ravens. So thank you very much, Tua, for doing us a favor and uh, you know stealing a victory out of the jaws of defeat for that one. Uh, Robert, Steelers standard is not to pay for the highest price D in NFL history unless they are the best. And that always starts with a run D. So standard is no longer the standard. And we are being lied to. <laughs> I love this defense, Robert, especially with TJ Watt in there. And we wouldn't even be talking about this if TJ Watt was on the field. Why? Because TJ Watt merits double and triple teams. What does that mean for the interior linemen? It means they're going one-on-one. And our nose tackles, whether it's Adams or Alu-Alu, they're good enough to take on their guys one-on-one. They're not good enough to take on double teams. I think Adams might be able to handle some double teams a little bit better, but Tyson has not been looking good on film thus far. Um, also, something I wanted to talk about the game. I mentioned it on the podcast that Pro Football Focus gave Mitchell Trubisky the highest PFF rating for a Pittsburgh Steeler in the game we just watched on Thursday night. And I find that incredibly hard to believe, especially when I was watching people like Sutton watching people like Highsmith kicking ass on the other side of the field and doing an absolutely incredible job. Um, you're even talking about like Jack had 12 tackles. Bush had 11 tackles. Sutton had five tackles with a pass defense. Um, you know, like to me, yeah, Highsmith had a, a, a sack and a half, two TFLs and eight tackles. DJ had eight receptions for 84 yards and they gave the highest rating. To Mitchell Trubisky. It's broken. PFF is absolutely broken. <laughs> they don't know how to rate defensive players accurately enough. I think three offensive players were in the top five, and the other two were linemen. Um, I think Chooks was up there, too, and somebody else was up there off the line. I can't remember off the top of my head. It might, might have even been Dotson. Um, but I just don't understand the PFF stuff. Ciao, ciao, Dad. How you doing? Striker O-line has been doing better last couple of weeks. 
feel like they're really getting close to having a breakout game. Great to see Bush playing closer to what he should. Yeah, and that's what I just mentioned. Double-digit tackles for Bush and for Jack. When's the last time we've had both of our interior um, in, inside linebackers each get double-digit tackles in the same game? I mean, albeit, Browns were running a crap ton of plays against us, but at least they were making tackles in this game. Love seeing that. And you're damn right, too. That was something else I wanted to get to, that the offensive line play has improved very significantly because now, instead of seeing these tackles in the backfield or or barely getting zero to one to two yards, now we started seeing some three, four, five-yard gains consistently in that game, especially early on um, before we were kind of out of it because it seems like when we get down to a, by a score, we're kind of out of the game. Um <laughs> This offense is kind of painful to watch. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I grew up in the 80s. I grew up watching um, Malone. I grew up watching I mean, Tom Zach came a bit after him. I've seen Miller, seen Graham. You know, these, these quarterbacks are placeholders, man. They're tough to watch. I mean, back then, this is how I rooted for the Steelers. Root for the defense, going nuts on defense. Every time defense makes a play, I'm spinning my towel, going crazy. Get some turnovers, short field. Hopefully the offense can score. Hopefully the offense then can score enough to win the game. I'm not expecting an offense to put up 30. I just did a, a metric over the past three years. Previous two years, at scoring 30 points or more, we have lost two games. Both of them, we scored 37 points. Both times, the other team scored over 40. The one was uh, Minnesota, where we were trying to come back in that game, nearly did. Other game was the playoff loss to the Cleveland Browns when we uh, started off snapping the ball over Ben's head. Could not get back in that game enough to get to the point where we could get back and win it, but scored 37 in both of those games. Last time we scored 30 points and won against Minnesota, I think it was against Minnesota three years ago. So this team needs to find a way I mean, if we haven't been scoring 30 points in the last two years and winning, I am not expecting to score 30 points and winning coming up here soon. Claude, welcome back to the show, man. If Mitch struggles this week, would you start Kenny in the second half or next week? I did my podcast specifically on Friday here, Claude, specifically on that question. And my assessment was you have to start Kenny this week. If you look at the schedule, this is the Jets game. Jets game is really the only, the lightest game left on the schedule before we start hitting the gauntlet. What's the gauntlet? We got Buffalo, got Miami, we got the Eagles. What's the fourth? Is the fourth the Ravens? I don't know if we're playing the Ravens in the first half or not, but we got four, four oh, to Tampa Bay, not Ravens, Tampa Bay. We have four tough matchups following this week. I at least wanted to get Pickett a game under his belt. Because otherwise, we're going to be going into the bye week with Trubisky, barring injury. Because if they're not going to make the change this week, they're probably not going to make the change when they're going to be facing some good defenses and some good teams here in the next four weeks past this week before the bye. The bye is the week where we'll actually be Steeler fans being able to say, okay, now there's a chance. Pickett can actually start, get him ready for two weeks into the game plan and ready to play the next opponent. And by that type of the time of the season, I hope it's not too late. I hope we're not two and six. 
because this is our last game that gives us a real good chance to win. And same thing against like, we should have beaten Cleveland. We should have beaten back the Pats. We had chances to beat both of them. Defense let us down against Cleveland. Offense let us down against both games because they can't move the football. We can't consistently get in the end zone. I mean, we're still getting turnovers. We're just not getting the scores. We didn't get the turnovers. We lost the turnover battle the last two games as well. Though the last game was technically a turnover in the fumble Ruski era. It was, you know, yes, Najee Harris now has his first NFL fumble. It was a lateral. It wasn't an actual fumble. It was a lateral, but it still goes down in the rule book as a fumble. First NFL fumble. We got to live with it. Ciao, ciao, dad. Why are you paying any attention to what PFF says? Isn't that like listening to your crazy old uncle? Yes. <laughs> and and the uncle's name is Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> Good one, Chow Chow. Love that. Michael Hall fame. Sounds like Kuiper is making fun of us with the PFF ratings. <laughs> yeah, right? Good old Kuiper. <laughs> Mark, was it Charlie, Charlie Sheen and Count Chocula had a baby? <laughs> Love that one, Mike. Robert, easy wins this year. Supposed to be Cleveland with backup quarterback and Patriot Idiots with Tommy Boy. Red flags are already strongly waving and the win something stinks. Yeah, and it was defense that could not get one more chance for our offense in both games. If our defense got a stop in both of those games, it would have given our offense a chance to win those games. We didn't get the stops. We lost both games. Michael Hall, we need same Ohio State offensive plays, please. I mean, we do have a college offensive coordinator. Why don't we have these plays? Because we're running like the least amount of plays in the league. We we are running. We have run the least amount of plays on offense in three games. Steelers at the bottom, least amount of plays on offense. Why is that? Because three and out is our offense. What's your identity? What's the Steelers' offensive identity? Three and out. Three and out. <laughs> That's our offensive identity right now. Three and out. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> oh, man. Something we got to live with. Andy, welcome back to the show, man. Love your podcast, and we thank you for everything that you do to cover the Steelers. But I feel like we are very fo- spoiled fan base because of how rich our history is. We expect the best on all sides of the football. Yes, we are mostly known for our defense, but our offense needs to be just as scary as our defense to put points up on the board. And we are at home this weekend and need a W. Perfectly stated. Absolutely perfectly stated. And I, like I said, I grew up, in, you know, I was born in 74. I didn't get to enjoy any of the Super Bowls. I barely remembered the 79 Super Bowl in 1980 because my dad was swearing it at, at uh, Bradshaw at the beginning for turned the ball over three times in the first half um, before he came back to win that. I, I went to bed at halftime. I was eating mushroom pizza and I was happy for that, but I really didn't start getting into football till 84, 85 watching Malone. Um, you know, he had a good year in 84, uh, 85 was the bears year. And um, you know, that, that was it for me, but we were rooting for defense back then. That's what you had. That's what you had. The only thing you could root for defense and hopefully your offense could make enough plays to get you a win but you're rooted for the victories. Victories are still fun and hard fought, but yeah, we need our franchise quarterback in there and we need to start putting points on the board because right now it's starting to look like Trubisky is not 
not a franchise quarterback. Not that number two pick that we are expecting to be a savior here in Pittsburgh because he is playing like an like an eighth rounder. <laughs> Striker, they don't have eighth round picks anymore. I know! That's why. Undrafted rookie free agent. That's what he's playing like. But Tony Romo was an undrafted rookie free agent. Shut up! I know! <laughs> that was the weirdest situation, by the way. That, that whole Dallas, like, screaming for this undrafted rookie free agent Tony Romo to be playing in games. And I was like, what the hell? Who screams for their undrafted rookie free agent to play in games? Comes in and he has a great career. And he's honestly the best analyst I have seen since Howard Cosell. Absolutely fun, funny, knowledgeable, intelligent. Love everything he does. Absolutely everything he does on the air. Can't get enough of him. But <laughs> that was just a weird, weird situation. Can't always find him in the sixth, seventh, eighth undrafteds uh, because that's the way it goes. Robert, I love individual D and O players. Cam and Minka, Pat and Najee, George, but that's like the Killer Bees star individuals. Tomlin trademark, but no team cohesion without Cowers coaches players. Well, that the issue also with the Killer Bees was they never played in the playoffs, all three of them healthy. That was the issue because one of them always went down with an injury. It was either Bell or it was Brown getting knocked the hell out in that freaking uh, Cincy game. Um, those were it because when we had them all healthy, it was a top five offense. The only time the Steelers have ever been a top five offense, including the Bradshaw years. We were never a top five offense in yards of production. Never a top five offense until we had Todd Haley. We missing Todd Haley now, guys? Huh? <laughs> Couldn't wait to run him out on a rail. At least he knew how to move the football, man. He was a good offensive coordinator. Claude Bush Bishop, do you think that Canada is the reason why the offense is so bad? Um, I think it's a factor, Claude. I don't think it's the only reason. I think it's offensive line cohesion, which has been improving. I also think it's Mitchell Trubisky's decision-making. Because when I was sitting at the Pats game, I saw players open deep and he's checking down. I see him running out of the pocket when the pocket is still there. These are some issues where, you know, Trubisky is throwing some blame at Matt Canada right now, but he's got to point some blame at himself as well because he is also a factor of why this team is not performing, not turning these red zone opportunities into touchdowns, only getting kicks. It's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating to watch, and he needs to play better. He needs to trust his offensive line to give him the time to throw that ball downfield so he doesn't always have to run around and do it. <laughs> we'll have to see. Michael Hall of Fame, the standard is definitely not the standard. Three and out is the standard. King of the three and outs, I know. That is a that is a tough grounding, you know, as Steeler fans like, you know, we were saying, like Andy was stating here before, we're used to being at the top of the heap, at least being productive on offense. We do not have a Hall of Fame quarterback now, guys. We've only had two in our history. Hi, Kat. Thanks for moving my mic. <laughs> and and Frank, Hall of Fame quarterbacks make it look like your offense can, because you're in every game. You've got a chance to come back because these players are so good. They can take you down on that final drive, get you the win. We don't have that anymore, guys. This is like back to Miller, back to Tom Zach, knock it off. And 
back to, you know, Malone, Malone, I wish it was Mahomes, Malone, fingers crossed on offense. Oh, hopefully, oh, there goes another deep ball. Oh, it just hit the ground. Okay. Looks like we're done off. That was like, that was Malone's offense. It was run, run, throw deep, ball would hit the ground. Good luck defense. <laughs> that was, that was the offense. Tom Zach wasn't much better. He had tiny hands also. His hands were like, like this. Supposed to have a nice big hands. He was like, I got tiny hands. So it's Kenny Pickett, but at least he's wearing gloves. <laughs> I will take those tiny hands and gloves in Pittsburgh any day of the week. <laughs> we'll have to see how they do. Ian, welcome back to the show, old head. Hey, Striker, I wonder how long they're going to keep Canada as, well, you said HC for head coach, obviously OC for offensive coordinator. I know what you mean. Uh, I, I misspeak, mistype all the damn time. <laughs> but right now we're starting to hear some rumblings in the locker room here, Ian. Like this is something that Steeler fans really don't get a whole lot of, don't hear a lot of like every once in a while we'll, we'll hear like that maybe a player doesn't like an offensive coordinator. Like Ben was pretty harsh when he started switching over to Haley. Cause he's like, I don't know what these plays are. Uh, I have a tough time figuring out how they called. And obviously when we got Canada, he couldn't run his offense at all. Um, now we're starting to run something that looks more like a Matt Canada offense, but if the players mutiny, he's gone. If they don't get any better, and now they ascertain because Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky starts making the right plays, and they call dumb crap in key situations, then yeah, might be time to make a change. But right now, we're still in the first quarter of the season. I, you don't make a, a change the first quarter of the season, but hell, we'll be lucky to be 2-2. Two and two. Absolutely lucky to be 500 if we can get a win here against the Jets. Under this offense, just learning it. Michael Hall, Tomlin to Rooney. Hey, do we still have Todd's number? Rooney to Tomlin. I was just thinking the same thing. Bring back Haley, save our season. <laughs> right? Hey, he's a Pittsburgh local boy. I'm sure he's just hanging out, getting into fights down there on the strip. <laughs> I hate his wife. Oh, man. Robert, lack of team cohesion. Tomlin's trademark for the second decade in a row now. When will head coach be held accountable? He hypocritically talks about his players and coaches to bet is ultimately responsible. And I will completely disagree with you on this one, Robert, because he is the only coach that was able to get anything, anything out of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. And he got out, out of, he got their best when they were both on the team at the same time. He kept his team together when Ben went down for an entire season. We like to gloss over that crap. Had a Ben was 0-2. We had a winning record, nearly made the playoffs with Rudolph and Duck. That's a he should have gotten coach of the year for that year. If we made the if they made the playoffs, we would have. If there were seven teams that made the AFC playoffs that year, the Steelers would have been in. There were six that year. So, yeah, I completely disagree with you here. I, I think that this lack of cohesion is something that some of the fan base kind of thinks it's a narrative. And I haven't seen it because anybody that's ever played for this guy, you if you if I don't know if you guys watched the pivot at all. Um, you've got uh, Ryan Clark on the pivot and everybody on the pivot that didn't even play for Tomlin, they respect the hell out of that man. They think he's the best 
coach, one of the best coaches, period, to ever play, ever be in the NFL. And all of them wanted to play for Tomlin. That's how we get all these good free agents now. It's because Tomlin plays for us. And players want to play for Tomlin. There's a lot more going on there. It's not as easy as saying he has no control over the locker room. It's a new generation, too. We know as, as kids are getting younger, electronics are getting more fun, lack of attention span. You got your tickety talks, your Facebook lives. It's going to change the game. That's not necessarily on the coaches. As long as they can play the game on Sunday and you get the best out of those players. And that's what I've been seeing consistently. Emil, welcome back, Emil. Steelers, what's up, family? Steeler Nation, what's up? Good to have you back here, Emil. Let me know if you have any questions. We're happy to take them. Ian, is it too late to get Wizenhut to come back? I <laughs> get old Kenny Wizenhut. Man, was that I liked Malarkey. Malarkey was the one that we had for um 05 Super Bowl run. And the reason why I liked Malarkey so much was like he he instituted the gadget plays. Though we're are starting to get some gadget plays here and some misdirection with Canada. I mean, we haven't really pushed it or, or done it as well as we could, but I am if we start clicking and start doing more than three and outs where we can build plays on top of plays, then yeah, we're gonna start being able to throw more of these wrinkles in there and start doing better. But we also had a Hall of Fame quarterback running those plays. Sherry, welcome to the show, my Steeler Nation lady. If TJ would have played the last two games, would the Steelers be 3-0? and Yes. I think we lost both of those games in the running game. Flat out, we would have been more disruptive on defense. The offenses would not have been able to click or move the football down the field as efficiently. We would have gotten turnovers. We at least would have gotten batted balls because Brissett, those balls were like almost getting hit by Reed. And that was that was Watt's side. Watt would have been knocking those balls to the ground. We would have been getting off the field on third downs. Because Brissett does not throw the ball with an arc. He throws it on a line. And that's what happened in that game. And guys, how do you feel too? Like I was watching that game. Brissett was like my second kind of favorite option for free agent quarterbacks. My number one was Wilson out of New Orleans. I wanted Wilson. He was my number one. My number two is Brissett. Why? Because he was a winning quarterback. He's been a winning quarterback for different teams and been doing it for a longer period of time. I didn't have Trubisky on my radar because he took the year off as a backup. No snaps. I wanted Brissett. And watching that game, I was like, damn. I wish we had Brissett. I wish we had a quarterback that every time you got into third and one or fourth and one, you're like automatic. Ben couldn't even do that. Brady can. Brady's the same size. Ben just didn't want to do it for some way, reason, way, shape, or form. Big Ben didn't like the sneak. Brissett owns the sneak. Absolutely owns the sneak. And that line was getting good push, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, and Tyson Aluwalu was doing nothing to push back. So we'll have to see how it how it kind of shaves out. But honestly, TJ Watt. In my opinion, not defensive player, not just defensive player of the year. I think he's, I think he's the best player in the league. I think he is absolutely the best player in the league. Just like his brother was like defensive players do not get the accolades that they should for MVP voting. Aaron Donald should have gotten 
an MVP by now with the way he's done stuff over there on the defensive line in uh, Los Angeles. Dude is by far the reason why we won games last year and made the playoffs last year. Hell, he had a touchdown to give us the only lead we had in that Kansas City game and make us think that we had a chance when we were up 7-0 at the end of the first quarter. TJ Watt is the best player in the league, and he is a game changer because all of the coverages, all of the defense focuses on what Watt can do. And what does Watt still do? Average two sacks a game. That's why. That is the biggest, especially when we got zero sacks against the Pats. I mean, albeit they were throwing the ball in two, three-step drops, but zero sacks against the Pats. Had a couple there against Cleveland, but TJ Watt being the best player of the league is a game changer. All the coverage switches over to his side, which means Highsmith gets to feast, which means Cam gets to feast even more than he already does. And everybody else in front of him gets to feast. And then look at all the turnovers we had in that first game when Watt was destroying that team. Absolutely destroying that team. Man. What, we have like four or five interceptions that game? You put Watt in there, it's a game changer. And I think we would be 3-0 at this point. Really would. That extra player being the best player in the league, excellent, excellent question, excellent point. And I will stand by that one, Sherry. Especially with 100% TJ Watt, <laughs> look out, look out. Michael Hall, Wes should borrow some plays from Pitt. Maybe that'll help. Well, Canada used to be an offensive coordinator for Pitt for a year. <laughs> Ian, yes, that is true, Striker. Milwaukee did have some pretty good gadget plays. I think the players we have can pull a lot of those off, definitely. Yeah, and especially if we get a guy like Austin back in here. We still haven't really used Connor in the offense yet. That guy's a playmaker. George is a playmaker. He had to make his own play because we didn't give the, him the ball on the run. I can't wait to see George catch the ball in space. Because he's going to be like a young Juju. Juju was really good in space with the ball, with A.B. taking the coverage on the other side, which is why he whipped, ripped off more yardage than A.B. that year. Which is why he got all the touchdowns that year. George in space is going to make plays. I mean, he had to go all the way backwards horizontal one-handed to catch a football to show he can make plays. And that was just because our quarterback is an average guy. But you get him the ball in space, look out. I expect him to get big YACs. We got to run some cross patterns with him. We got to run some drag patterns with him. Like, we are not opening up the playbook yet. He's on the sideline. We got to get that guy off the sideline and make some plays. Absolutely make some plays in the middle of the field. Kenny Bima! Kenny, how you doing, my friend? Any news on Minka? Yes, I went over that at the top of the show. He's in concussion protocol. He practiced fully today, which means if he practices fully tomorrow with no problems, he is off of concussion protocol. I fully anticipate him to be practicing fully tomorrow and to be off of concussion protocol because we had a mini buy. So yeah, we were on concussion protocol, but he would have been on a normal Sunday week. He would have had to practice two late days later from the Thursday week to Wednesday what do you have? Five days off, six days off. So yeah, he will be, he should be golden, especially since concussions are not a part 
of his history. Moving forward, it is something we need to track. Joseph Donovan, MVP. Hell yeah, TJ should be MVP, Joseph. Michael Hall, TJ, best player in the league. So is Minka. It's a, I, I love that Minka is still making plays without TJ, but you throw in TJ Watt in that defense, he makes everybody better. He makes great players look like Hall of Fame players. That's that's what TJ Watt, that's the TJ Watt effect. Makes good players look like great players, make average players look like good players. That's what TJ Watt does, just being on the field. MVP, in my opinion. Absolute. Oh, six and one. Let that sink in. What are you talking about? For the next couple games? I mean, we already won we already won one. So we at least have to be one six and one. <laughs> but it could happen. Could have. Don't want that by the by. If you're predicting a tie, that would be a, a nice prediction. <laughs> almost, almost had the tie. Should have had the tie, I guess, right? Magnet, welcome back, Mr. 20. Is Najee Harris hitting the hole too slow? Jay Warren doesn't seem to hesitate, just hits the hole. Yes. Um, but you know, that's what you get with Najee as well. You get a guy that is more athletic, that can do more with the ball in his hands than Warren, but Warren is. He's a bulldog. He's a bowling ball. Head down, plow, go. He gets he gets to the hole, and the holes were there. Like, Najee's average was at least over a three <laughs> for the last game because our offensive line was getting pushed. Game two, it looked like he was hitting the wrong holes. Game three, he started hitting the right holes, getting better yardage. It's only a matter of time before this offensive line starts ripping off 10 yarders consistently. Got an 11-yard run last game. We'll start doing it. We'll start doing it. Joseph Donovan, Najee Harris hits cuts, Warren straight ahead shooter. And he has to be. He's an undrafted rookie free agent. That's what he, that's what they do. And he's talented because he's tough to knock off his feet. Absolute bowling ball. Two different types of bats. Exactly. We just discussed it. One's more athletic. Definitely more athletic. Uh, Michael Hall of Fame. Do you expect us to bring back Juju? If the opportunity presented itself anyway, I think we do. Let me look at something quickly, and I will tell you exactly what I think. I'm going to look at the roster, and I'm looking at our receivers, specifically our wide receivers. Doy. Um, so we have Pickens, and we have Claypool. Claypool's in his third year. He's going to have a fourth year. So he's not leaving the team. Uh, Miles Boykin would be leaving the team. He plays that that side as well. And George Pickens is on the team. He's a rookie. He's going to be on the team next three years. So those were the spots where Juju Smith would have been slotted in. Like Claypool and George are signed for next year, as well as DJ. Our wide receivers are locked. I do not see Juju ever coming back to Pittsburgh. Just because of the way the situation is. Unless we lost one of those receivers on a career on a season ending injury, would we even consider trying to bring, bring Juju Smith Schuster back? And I can't remember if Juju signed a one or a two year contract uh, with Casey. I don't have it in front of me right now. Um, you guys can correct me. I thought it was a one year, but I'm not positive. Um, you let me know. Ian white. Maybe we should change the offensive line scheme. Maybe take a more aggressive approach. That is the offensive line screen <laughs> scheme. Ian, the the approach of this style of blocking is supposed to be quick off the ball, initiate contact. It's supposed to be an aggressive blocking scheme. It's but Chooks is doing very well in it. 
Dotson is doing pretty good in it. Daniels and Cole, Cole Daniels and uh, Cole and Daniels, it looks like they're trying to learn a little bit with it. And um, Moore is holding his own, but they've got to get more consistent and they're starting to get more consistent. They are. So I, I'm expecting improvement because Ramon Foster said after week one, if they're not looking good by week four, the system doesn't work. And we've been looking better each week. Two was better than one. Three was better than two. If we're actually getting holes, controlling the ground game, controlling the clock, eating the clock, being able to convert first downs on the ground, we're, we're getting the third and short. Like, this is the this is the thing that you guys are pissed off about. Steelers are consistently getting to third and five or shorter in this offense. And we're not converting on third down. That is what's happening. That is what we're all watching. So that's the job of the offensive coordinator. Get us into third and makeable range so we can convert, continue the drive. He is absolutely doing his job in that respect. That's one aspect of Matt Canada's offense that I will defend. Even when we couldn't move the football on the ground and we were having trouble doing it, we were still in third and shorts. It's our fault that we have to do a, a, a go spread on third and two. Can't sneak on third and one. We don't have Brissett. <laughs> then, yeah, it's a little tougher. A little tougher. Joseph Donovan, welcome back. Losses without TJ. Yep. Our record without number 90. What is, I don't know what our total record is without number 90, other than 0-2 this year. 0-2 this year. <laughs> yeah, Najee getting up to three yards per carry. Mitch up to 5.5 yards per attempt. Mark Malone, welcome to the show, my friend. I remember when you were getting about those numbers. <laughs> when you were playing for us. That's great. Robert Tomorrow, Michael Hall has the best comment. Steelers new standard, really three and out. And that's actually, I said it first, but that's okay. It <laughs> lands in Steelers defense. And then it's almost never three and out. Yeah, that's because we don't have TJ Watt in the field. You get him on the field, defense is going to be a lot better. One year, one year for Juju. Okay, yes. Yeah, so that would make him at least be a free agent next year. At least get a chance of being able to come on back in. Uh, guys, I forgot even to talk about this on my banners. My gosh, because I've been having so much fun and we're really getting into it today. And I, I appreciate all your comments and questions and everything because it's keeping me going today. Absolutely keeping me going. But I've got to talk about our other sponsor, Manscaped.com. It's all about protecting your balls like Najee Harris in the NFL. Sure, he'll lateral one at the end of the game trying to make a play. But the rest of the time, there's no way. He's fumbling those balls. And Manscaped does the same thing for you, ladies and gentlemen. So whether you go out there and get the platinum package, they got the lawnmower trimmer, they got the weed whacker, ear, nose, and hair trimmer, ball deodorant, body wash, two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, boxer briefs, travel bag for all of it. Get it all. Manscaped for turning your playa into an MVP. We all know what the P stands for. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> manscaped.com promo code Steeler Nation one word all caps 20% off shipping I'm oh, sorry 20% off your order and and free shipping manscaped.com for your to turn your members into an MVP 
<laughs> Thanks for bearing with me for that, guys. Uh, coming back to the comments. <laughs> Ian, Juju signed one year, eight million. Yes, thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. Yes, so he will be a free agent. Um, I, I just don't see the fit. And that was the fit that happened even while he was still kind of, I guess he, yeah, he wasn't really hanging out there because he got signed kind of early uh, to low money, albeit. But if he's putting up numbers this year, he's going to get paid around the 20 million range. And I want that to happen for Juju. I really do. And if, if he if he's getting those numbers again, then this year, guys, there's no chance. Zero chance of Juju coming to this team because we're not going to pay it. We're not going to pay somebody $20 million a year to be a slot receiver. No way. But though Juju can play the, the Z. He absolutely can play the Z. But we have... Three Z receivers already. Claypool, Pickens, Boykin. Those are current Zs. And Boykin might not be on the team next year. This is last year, his contract. But we can sign him to something else next year, depending on what we want. Yeah, man, Mitch is throwing for at least 5.5 yards per average. Yeah, yards per attempt. Sorry, yards per attempt. Sorry. Yes. Correct. That's low. That's not. It's low. It's 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 not low for career like career averages like I think Ben was around high sixes sevens I mean some of those is, is is what you get that's about it for Hall of Fame numbers interesting thoughts Claude Bishop Steeler Nation is the realest podcast on the net <laughs> thank you very much Claude I I try to be you know I I can be as honest as I can be because I'm not going to double talk I don't have an agenda I have opinions. Sometimes my opinions are right. A lot of times they're right. Don't get me wrong. I, I understand trends. I enjoy the game. But when I'm wrong, it's, hey, my opinion was wrong. Doesn't mean that I'm to be, have to defend myself for being wrong. It was my opinion. <laughs> I'm not running the team. But I have fun with it. We all love our team. I get joy watching the Steelers. I get joy, as you all see. Talking about the Steelers, chatting with you guys. I mean, we have a good time every week, and this always brings me up. So I really love the vidcast, guys, and I really thank all of you. Claude, you know, you know, Mark, Juju, Michael Hall, Robertson Burrow, um, Joseph, Ian, all you guys, man, every single one of you, every single, even Miles. I don't know where the hell Miles has been. But uh, <laughs> Claude, I mean, you guys have really, really helped me. Love to do this. You make my job easy. It's this is a conversation. We talk about different stuff. I'm even off my track of the things I wanted to talk about today because we're having too much fun. <laughs> we're actually having too much fun. I actually did kind of get to most of my things here. Yeah, we talked about the brisket stuff because I wanted I wanted brisket. That's my nickname for Jacoby Brissett. Um, yep, we talked about Najee Harris. That defense can't stop the. We didn't call it, well. Defense can't stop the run. Two games in a row. Other teams salted the ball at the end of the game. That was basically the other only other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so, yeah, on that side of it. So, Tamburo, yes, striker, you praised Michael Hall's Steeler standard is three and out. Love the, the, the love and devotion. I second your emotion. <laughs> I second your emotion. We got some singers down here. <laughs> I like it, Robert. You keep us honest. <laughs> Ian, if AB wouldn't have burned the bridges with this team, do you think he would teach Pickens? <laughs> what's he gonna teach Mickens? how to throw furniture out of the window <laughs> what's he gonna teach Pickens? 
how to attack a a, a, a delivery service guy. Uh, <laughs> what's he gonna teach Pickens? How to speed uh, in in downtown Pittsburgh? Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, they're different receivers. Bring it. I'll tell you a guy that could teach Pickens that's in the league now. Actually, he still might be a. I don't know if he's a free agent or not. Is is OBJ still technically a free agent? That's the skill set that George Pickens has. He'd even help out Claypool to tell you the truth because they're big guys like Beckham Jr. Odell, I mean, they, they kind of, that catch, they just compared it to Odell's catch. Odell's catch was way better, by the way. Way better. Yeah, Steeler fans. Oh my gosh! Wow, I've never seen that. Yeah, because you only watch Steeler games. But Odell Beckham made that catch behind his head with three fingers. Behind his head. And he got a touchdown out of it. That's why it was a better catch. They won the game because of it. (laughs) That game was amazing. It was a primetime game and everything. That put Odell on the map. That's why he was a perennial pro bowler. That play. Set it. But he was a hell of a player. Reached behind his own head. Three fingers. Three fingers caught that ball. Insane. Pickens needed his whole hand. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He was he was more like horizontal to the ground than Beckham was because Beckham was still on his feet, kept his feet, got the touchdown. Just because it was such an incredible play. Like, no way that got holy, like the defender was just I would have been the same way as a defender. Like, what the hell happened? How did he catch that? And he didn't even see the catch. He just knew that the ball was that high. There's no way he's getting to it. Look down and like Beckham's in the end zone. Absolutely insane. But yeah, and here's an interesting thing too. Uh, Guys, I looked up final numbers. AB looks like he's done. Absolutely done in this league. Final numbers for AB. He has one stat for his career. His entire career, one stat that is better than Heinz Ward. One. Ward had more receptions. Ward had more touchdowns. He had two two more touchdowns, 85 to 83. AB had more yards. 210 more yards in his career than Ward. Ward played an extra season. Ward was also a blocking wide receiver and played on running teams and got those numbers. So that's going to be the legacy now. Is Antonio Brown a Hall of Famer? Is he even a Hall of Famer? I mean, for six years, he was the best receiver in the game. That should be enough to get you in the Hall of Fame. But with all of his antics that happened after it, I mean, at least Terrell Owens' antics were playful. They weren't enough to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. AB's antics were detrimental to the teams that he was on. Got him kicked off the Steelers for nothing, a third and a fifth. Thank you for Gentry. Thank you for DJ. I'd rather have both of those players than that guy. We made out in that draft off those two picks. Got him kicked out of the Raiders. Raiders didn't even play him. He didn't even make it through training camp. He ended up shipping him up to New England. Best coach ever. Robertson Burrow, best coach ever. He couldn't even control AB. Whereas Tomlin got the most out of AB for a decade. A decade, Robert. What does Tomlin have that Belichick does not? 
Because right there is the difference between those two coaches. Belichick couldn't get a thing out of AB. And AB was gone. Went down to Tampa. And he stripped his clothes off. Ran off the field. Good night, everybody. That was it. That was the last we saw of AB on the field. And that was the last we will ever see of AB on the field. Good night, everybody. <laughs> was that against the Jets? Wasn't that in New York? Good night, New York. <laughs> like at the end of, end of his rap show. Good night, New York. Good night, New York. He was a freaking joke. Oh, <laughs> which way does my hair go? I, I'm looking at it backwards like a reverse mirror. It always freaks me out. <laughs> but that is the, that's my AB rant. I'm done with that now. Uh, Joseph, where are we at now? <clears throat> Montrevis starting over Tyson. What are your thoughts? Why not a change on offense? These are the ones putting the D back on the field pace for the second breaking in the franchise history and total snaps. Yes. That's that was what I led. The, that was my leading line for the show. We have a change in the depth chart, but it is not the quarterback. That's where I wanted the change to be. I wanted Kenny Pickens coming in this week on the easy game before the four game gauntlet. I wanted Pickens in now. Instead, we're going to have more of the same. We made the change at Adams. It was a better change according to Alex Kazora, as I said at the top of the show, with the snaps on run plays. Adams let up less than three yards a carry. Tyson Alualu let up nearly six yards a carry while he was on the field. Just being part of the defense, not necessarily all his fault, but was not a factor. That might be the only factor difference between the two. Where Tyson, like, two years ago, he was, like, at 1.5. That was the numbers when he was on the field before he got hurt in the first two or three games. Um, defense was allowing 1.5 yards on the ground for runs. We owned the line. Tyson went down. That was a domino effect. To it never came back. Ah, what's going on? Stop the run. We never stopped the run. <laughs> we didn't stop the run that whole year. But got to make changes somewhere. Got to make changes somewhere. Robert, tight ends both look excellent this year. Though really arbitrarily used. Warren is overachieving. And Dotson's the real deal on O. Uh, Monkahan, Cameron Hayward. T bright spots, but coaching is not. I think, are you talking about the younger Cam Cameron Hayward? I don't know if you're making an allusion to the third tight end being Connor Hayward. Um, but yeah, I, I love the tight ends. Tight ends are actually averaging the most yards per catch. You look at our stats going up. They're like close to 20 yards per catch, both um, Muth and Gentry. Both of them ripped off some big plays for us. We have to get them more involved in this offense. We're not consistently throwing it over the middle of the field to our tight ends. And I want to see Connor get in on more snaps too. But it's tough to run a lot of plays when you got three and outs. <laughs> I got to extend drives. Michael Hall, draft CJ Stroud from Ohio State. He throws bombs. I don't see us drafting another quarterback. At least while we got, our, at least not high. In the next three years, we got our guy in the first round. Didn't have to move up. Didn't have to get extra draft capital. Got the top quarterback in the draft. We'll see, I guess. Oh, Minka. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's what I was trying to get. All right, Ian, this is why I like you, Striker. Thanks for the correction. Oh, no worries, Ian. We always have fun, man. 
I, I don't, I'm not going to hold you guys. Robert holds me accountable. I don't hold you guys accountable. <laughs> We're having fun here. This, this is talking like friends where we can have differing opinions and still have a good time. Michael Hall looks like the arc with Pickens back, though how far he folded to catch that Pickens was better. I, I do love that. By, and that is a good argument, Michael Hall. That's why I said, like, he was nearly horizontal to the ground. And his back arc to catch that ball the way he hit the ground, maintaining control with the ball through the ground. It never came off once he pinned that to his chest. That's strength. That it was it was an epic catch, epic catch. But it, for me, just the only thing that differentiates that between the OBJ catch, OBJ's catch was a touchdown and won them the game. To me, it meant more. It's a better catch. That's why the immaculate reception is the best play in NFL history. Won the Steelers a game, their first playoff win ever in their franchise when they were formed in, 19, in 1933, didn't get their first playoff win until 1971 season. That's incredible. That And that's why. That's why that play will never yet be beaten. Unless like Detroit has something that happens that propels them to a Super Bowl. An, an off weird play. Because <laughs> they just been nothing. <laughs> Cleveland, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they had OBJ and they still screwed him up. Robert, you funny striker. He needed that wake-up call <laughs> ball busting about A B. Besides, our wide receiver most like A B is Deontay Johnson and no one else. So he wasn't making sense. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved, I loved A B as a player. I love wide receivers, and he was a playmaking wide receiver. He made wild plays every game. He won us games. That Christmas Day game against the the Ravens as time expired to reach back over a Hall of Fame um, safety and reach out and break the plane to win that game for us was epic. Absolutely epic. But guy didn't have it between the ears off the field. And I do love me some Deontay Johnson. I do. Michael Hall. If it wasn't for Perfect and we still had him to this day, he would be a Hall of Famer as a Steeler, but that is thanks to Perfect. No, no, it's not. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I think he does have CTE. He's an undersized receiver. He got hit a lot. I don't think Perfect was the reason why he will have CTE. CTE is multiple hits over time, not one big hit. One big hit can be a factor, but it doesn't give you CTE. Now. If he stayed on the Steelers, he would have had to. He, he just started losing it when Ben asked him to rerun a, a route. Because AB was at a point where he's infallible. He was at a point where his ego was kind of taking a hit there because Juju Smith-Schuster won the team MVP that season over Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown should have been like, freaking awesome, rookie, way to go. I got you open. We did awesome. We had a great, great camarado. Let's keep this going. Because they made each other better. They both made each other better. AB would have been great the next year. Again, he saw two years left on his contract that we got rid of him before. He got to use it up. So, I don't know. I He was already seemed to be starting to lose it mentally. He started throwing coolers onto the field when they missed him on a wide open route. And he's doing that to a Hall of Fame quarterback. 
the best one to ever get him the ball. And he played with Tom Brady. That's something else. That's something else. <laughs> no, I don't think he'd be a Hall of Famer. But he still put up Hall of Fame stats. He's got a chance. Robert George is so much more likable than Beckham. No comparison. George pulls T-shirt over his head and Beckham eats girls' boo. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm not going to go there. You, you seem to have said it well enough. <laughs> Thanks for the laugh, Robert. Robert, I was heavily against the Cincinnati police for executing the gorilla until I found out it was the gorilla's birthday. And he was wearing a perfect t-shirt. And then I thought, well, <laughs> you're on a roll today, friend. You're on a roll today there, Mr. Robert. Ah, oh, Michael Hall. By the way, Le'Veon KO'd AP. You said the other way around in my mind. Yep, told you so. Didn't want to say anything. Don't bet me. I won't. But didn't we also have the bet about who was going to start day one at left guard? Dotson. Didn't you say it was going to be the other guy, Green? He's not even active on game day. <laughs> not going to say I was right, but you were definitely right about the boxing box. I did not anticipate Le'Veon Bell to be a boxer after seeing what AP could do hitting his kid. <laughs> I was just going off of I was just going off of what I've already read about the guy. I know AP can throw a punch. I didn't know Bell could. <laughs> but Bell did ring his bell. And that was that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> but I will give you the point for that. <laughs> Robert, Tomlin coddling AB costs the Steelers any true team unity because Coach T showed anyone that he'd give things to AB that he wouldn't to the rest of the team. Tomlin is the reason why we got two draft picks for AB. So coddling or not, we got something out of AB where no other team. We we made AB a Hall of Fame player. Tomlin made AB a Hall of Fame player. Belichick couldn't even get him to consistently run roots. There's a difference. Steelers could have traded AB for two first round picks and one Super Bowl since then, but instead, Tomlin kept his double standards going. So what was good against Tomlin, he did with B. But Tim crushingly bad. Uh, obviously, too, actually, I, I shouldn't have said for the draft picks. That was actually Kevin Colbert. Kevin Colbert is the one that determines what we get for a player. Nobody was giving that guy a first-round draft pick. Except for Buffalo. Buffalo might have been. There were talks that Buffalo might have been. It was never confirmed. Um, but didn't go to Buffalo. Went to L.A. And didn't even play for L.A. And that's another Hall of Fame coach out there. Who isn't playing anymore, isn't coaching anymore, but Coach Chucky couldn't even get A.B. on the field. Another Hall of Fame coach. What, what does Tomlin have that a Hall of Fame coach and the best coach ever don't? He can get his, he can get the best out of his players. That's what he has. Robert, Tomlin's allowing A.B. a double standard was worth a crushing, not impressive coaching, but the opposite of that. No. No, it's not. Because you've got to keep cohesion with a player that is not getting along with his quarterback. And that was something that Tomlin was able to do. Mike Hall, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I agree, Stryker. I think Hines deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. Played 110% every game. Yeah. 
He's my favorite receiver to ever play for the Steelers. One of my favorite all-time players. He and Rod Woodson. It's like, I've got some, we've got some, the problem is with the team, our team is so good. You have so many players like, I love Greg Lloyd. I love Harrison. Absolutely love Harrison. Now I love Watt. Like, absolutely. Like, these guys are my best that I've ever seen play. I didn't get to watch the 70s players as much other than in replay. But, yeah. Love me some Heinz Ward. Magnum, the cool thing about George P's catch was that it looked like it was so effortless. Very little effort. So is the OBJ catch. But both excellent. Excellent upper echelon catches. That's how good that catch was by Pickens that they compared it to OBJ's. Robertson Burrow, all my love, the Steelers, Brevlin. Now you know I've, what I felt all through the eight 1980s because Tomlin's last 10 years and the next 10 years are the 1980s and early 90s before Cower. Yeah, we can always blame that Hall of Fame coach, Chuck Knoll, for that. <laughs> Mark Malone, Ray Rice can knock a woman out like no other. Maybe if AB's wearing a dress and they're fighting in an elevator. Then I'd say Ray Rice could beat Antonio Le'Veon Bell in a boxing match. Uh, Michael Hall. All right, all right. I'll give you that one, Michael Hall fame one chance. <laughs> That's it, my friend. Always fun. Always fun. Uh, great vidcast as always, boss. See you next time. By the way, 28-14 pit over the Jets. Hell yes. And that's all the time we have, guys, on the show. If you want to be the last word, go ahead and throw it down here while I'm going through the stuff. But be sure I got something else really cool to talk about, guys. And that is the terrible tailgate coming up this week. 40 bucks, all you can eat and drink. Got music there and everywhere. We do free raffles. We're giving away jerseys. We give away merchandise. 8 a.m., Lot 5A, Caddy Corner, from the closest corner of PNC Park to the stadium. Uh, Randy, it says, Randy, damn it, it didn't edit it right. Randy Grossman will not be there. It will be Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart, who we just had on the show a few weeks ago, is going to be at the Terrible Tailgate. I'm going to be there getting him to sign my Cordell Stewart jersey. Hope to see you there on Sunday. I will be there, guys. 8 a.m., we'll see you over at the Terrible ta Tailgate, Lot 5A. Cordell Stewart, not Randy Grossman, <laughs> will be there. Awesome. Awesome stuff, guys. So. Be sure to come on over to youtube.com, sign up, subscribe, so you can be the first to be in when we drop the podcast, because we always drop it on YouTube before we publish it on the site, so you get the sneak peek every week, that's the short show, more condensed, less crazy, but always more thoughtful, go check out the podcast over there at youtube.com slash Steeler Nation, be sure also to check out my bookie for that double deposit. Use that promo code SteelerNation, all one word, and get yourself that double deposit. Oh, and also the Manscaped. Get your balls taken care of. <laughs> it's still SteelerNation, one word, all caps. <laughs> so, read. Our, oh, and this weekend, too, on the podcast, I am going to have a Jets, former Jets player. Oh, gosh, what's his name? Dang it. Why did I draw a blank? Lamont Jordan, former Jets player. I'm going to be asking him. We're going to go over some strategy. We're going to go over some matchups, some X players. So we're going to be ready for the game that will probably drop either Friday evening or on Saturday, but it's going to be fun. And if you're on the podcast, it will drop on Friday. If you're subscribed to our YouTube, you will be able to watch the podcast on Friday, no matter what. And if you're already subscribed to our podcast, that will drop too. As soon as I end up editing it after the 3.30, uh, we're, we're scheduled to meet at 3.30. So usually by about 4.30, I got everything up. 
but the, the site won't publish it until they're ready that evening or Saturday. So that's how you get to watch us, guys. Make sure to, to go check out us, the Steeler Nation, on Twitter at tweet at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at Steeler Nation com. Facebook at Steeler Nation com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at underscore SM Podcast or follow Striker, who one of these days might post to social media on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok at SN Striker. <laughs> but when he does, it's always quality. <laughs> so quality, I got to talk about myself in the third person. Back to you guys to finish off the show after I close this banner. Uh, comments, last comments. You guys always get it. Ian White Steelers have been very good at scouting good talent over the years. And yes, they have had a few that did not pan out. True. Claude Hines has better numbers than some of the latest wide receivers to get in the hall. Irvin Reed and Super Bowl MVP. Exactly. And I did those numbers last year. I thought he had the best chance out of every single wide receiver to get into the Hall of Fame last year. Problem was, no wide receivers made the Hall of Fame last year. <laughs> and that's the way it gets. Salud! Good to hear from you as always, Michael Hall of Fame. Always. Hines and Tangibles were real. Exactly. They changed the game. That crackback block on Rivers that knocked his jaw out of his mouth. Made it so crackback block couldn't happen on returns anymore. <laughs> Heinz Ward, man. Absolute monster. Stats lie. Heinz deserves a Hall of Fame. Every player, if any player ever does. Yes, he does. And I think he will eventually get in there, ladies and gentlemen. But that's all the time. And thank you very much, Steeler Nation, for being this Steeler Nation vidcast. Sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. Part of the Big Play Network. I'm your host, G Striker. Rooting along with you, as always, win or lose. Go Steelers!